The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Hello, and thank you so much for joining us for the Vespero training series. My name is Rachel Buchanan, and today we are going to be talking about some different aspects of hosting a Zoom meeting using JAWS. And I do this, um, I added it up earlier, and I do it about 40 to 50 times a month and have done for about mm, pre-pandemic 2018 or so. So um, not a brag, just a, an ex a disclaimer that if there's something I don't explain, don't hesitate to ask questions about it. We're going to go into security. We're going to talk about the settings first. We're going to go into the actual settings is in the Zoom desktop app and talk about that a bit. And, um, and then go in a little bit to security. And, and then I'm gonna, we're going to listen to that via a tutorial. And I apologize for any croakiness in my voice. I am going to try to save it a little bit after we listen to that tutorial. I am going to share with you my um, the keyboard commands I use most frequently when I host meetings and then talk about some of the principles of navigation of Zoom. And then there'll be a chance for you all to ask questions, raise your hand at the end. And um, yeah, thanks so much for having me. And and. We are going, I'm going to share my screen and we are going to listen to this tutorial starting off talking about different settings that you can adjust in Zoom as a host to, um, to manage different things. Started screen share, meeting controls. All meeting. right. I am sharing my screen. And let's go ahead and take a peek at this tutorial, and then we'll talk some more about Zoom keyboard commands for hosting a meeting and some principles of navigation. Hosting a Zoom meeting with JAWS.MP4 photos. Skip backward by 10 seconds button. Space. Speech on demand. I'm in the Zoom desktop app, and I'm going to tab through to navigate until I find my account button. Search edit. Type in text. Zoom. Freedom scientific. Status. Available. Licensed account button drop down. I'll press enter here to activate. Enter. Menu. To move through items, press up or down arrow. And then down arrow until I hear settings. Menu. Menu RBU. Personal note. Menu edit. Settings. Enter. Leaving menus. Settings. This is a traditional dialogue with options along the left-hand side. General. To move to an item, press the arrow keys. General is our first option, and we're going to go down to accessibility so I can show you some of the new Zoom accessibility options. Video. Audio. Share. Script. Chat. Background recording, profile, statistics, feedback, keyboard short, accessibility. To move to an item, press the arrow keys. To look at any one of these, arrow down to the option you'd like, press enter, enter, and then press tab to move through the options available within that topic. These are default left paren, small right paren, sized subtitles. Chat display size, combo box, left paren, control, plus slash dash right paren. To change the selection, use the arrow keys. You can do things like control captioning, control text size within the chat box. Restore default button to activate screen reader alerts list box. To move to an item, press the arrow keys. This list allows you to control certain alerts so they won't be spoken by your screen reader. I'm chat received. Checked. To move to an item, press the arrow keys. If you'd like alerts to be spoken by your screen reader by default, 
leave the checkbox checked. Remember, you can toggle all notifications off and on with the command Windows Alt S Sierra, or you can choose to mute specific ones in this dialog. When you're done, you can press Alt F4 to get out. Your changes will be saved automatically. Alt F4. All right, now I just want to go over a few basic settings here in Zoom just to kind of acquaint you with some of these settings. You've heard about a couple already, and we're going to be talking about more of them here today. So I want to talk about a couple accessible, or I'm sorry, a couple security settings. So you can increase your security with the waiting room feature in Zoom, which Greta will tell you about here in a bit, and also enabling passwords. Now, the waiting room feature allows you to know who is attending your meeting, and you can choose to admit them or not to admit them. You can also customize your meeting room settings to meet your specific needs. So in Zoom, you have a personal meeting ID or PMI that reserves a virtual meeting room for you to use. And you can go in there and change those settings at any time. Schedule meetings from within the Zoom desktop app, from the Zoom web portal, calendar, or mobile device. So there, you have several ways of scheduling a meeting. And we're going to tell you a little more about scheduling from the desktop app here in just a couple minutes. But you can also use, for example, your Outlook calendar, your Google calendar to schedule, and other calendars as well. And you'll need to grant Zoom access to these calendars in order to use them when scheduling. You can visit zoom.com and access the support page for more information. Navigate Zoom features using the keyboard commands, which we've been talking about. You can press tab or shift tab to move through the Zoom window to move through those controls and you can up and down arrow through combo boxes as you normally would for various settings and when scheduling a meeting and in, in places like that. You can also press control tab to move through the tabs in Zoom. Now these include home, chat, meeting, and contacts. And of course you have dedicated Zoom keyboard commands which are available that we'll discuss later on. Activate screen reader support settings for even greater accessibility. Now, Rachel showed you where to find those accessibility settings here just a couple minutes ago. So you can locate your settings and tab to general and down arrow to accessibility. And then press enter on accessibility and tab to the screen reader alert list box. And you can use your up and down arrow keys to navigate through the options there and press space or press space to select or deselect the checkbox for each option. Now just a couple of these options include the, the alerts include that the participant has joined or left a meeting, a participant has joined or left the waiting room, audio is muted by host, screen sharing started or stopped by participant. So those are just a few of those settings you'll find there. And like Rachel said, when you're finished, you just press escape to exit the settings or you can Alt F4 to get out of them and it will return you to the main Zoom window and anything that you've, any changes you've made will be automatically saved. You can schedule a meeting in the Zoom desktop app with JAWS using the keyboard. I'll demonstrate here in Zoom. From anywhere in Zoom, Press Control Tab until Focus is on the Meetings tab. Contacts tab check selected. Home tab check selected. Chat tab check selected. 
Meetings tab check selected. You can tab to the schedule meeting button and press space or enter. Schedule meeting button to activate press space bar. I'll press space. Space context menu to navigate press up or down arrow schedule meeting. A context menu will open containing multiple options. The first option is schedule meeting. So I'll go ahead and press enter. Enter topic Elizabeth Whitehaper Zoom meeting edit Elizabeth Whitehaper Zoom meeting. This option allows you to schedule a meeting from within the Zoom desktop app. The first field is an edit box where you can type a topic or subject for your meeting. I'll type training meeting. T-R-A-I-N-I-N-G space M-E-E-T-I-N-G. And I'll tab to the next control to choose the start date. Start date Tuesday, October 13, 2020, 5 p.m. button dropdown T. Press enter to activate this dropdown and down arrow through the options. Enter. Tuesday, October 20th, 2020. First, we have the date spin box. Press right and left arrow keys to navigate by day and up and down arrow keys to navigate by week. I'll press down arrow to move to next week. Tuesday, October 27th, 2020. And left arrow to move to Monday the 26th. Monday, October 26th, 2020. Which is the day this meeting will take place. You can tab to other options, which include select a month, go to today, and next month. Now I'll press escape to exit the date spin box and press tab to move to the start time. Escape. Month October edit spin box. Oh, day 26 edit spin box. Year 2020 edit spin box. Start time 5 p.m. button drop down zero. I'll press enter to activate this drop down. Enter 5 p.m. Now I'll tab to the spin box where I can set the hour, the minute, and the p.m. or p.m. Hour 05 edit spin box 0. You are automatically placed in the hour field. Press up arrow to move ahead one hour at a time and down arrow to go backward. I'll set the hour to 1 o'clock. 1 p.m. hour 01 edit spin box 0. Once you've set the hour, press right arrow to move to the minute field. Minute 00 edit spin box 0. Press up arrow to move ahead one minute at a time and down arrow to go backward. I'll go ahead and leave it on zero minutes. Now I'll press right arrow again to navigate to AM or PM field. PM edit spin box P. You can press the up or down arrow keys to switch between the two. I'll leave it on PM. Press escape to exit the start time box. Duration left pair and hour right pair and zero hour combo box. I was automatically taken to the first duration combo box. But if I hadn't been, I could press tab to get there. These combo boxes are used to specify the number of hours and minutes of the meeting. First we have the hour combo box and then we have the minute combo box. You can use your up and down arrow keys to navigate in each of these boxes. I'll tab to the minute box and set the duration of this meeting to 30 minutes. Duration left pair and minutes right pair and 30 minutes combo box. Again, I can navigate this box using my arrow keys. Recurring meeting checkbox not checked R. Next is a box we can check if this will be a recurring meeting. It isn't, so I'll leave it unchecked. Press the space bar if you want to check or uncheck this box. Now we have the time zone combo box. Navigate through this box using your up and down arrow keys. I don't want to change the time zone, so I'll just leave it where it is and tab to the next control. Meeting ID generate automatically radio button checked G. This control 
gives you the option to automatically generate a meeting ID. I'll leave it checked. Next is the passcode edit field where you can specify a passcode that attendees will be required to enter to participate in your meeting. Tab to the learn more button and press the spacebar for additional information. Learn more button. Space. A numeric passcode will be generated for users who dial in from a phone or room system. Press escape to exit this dialog and continue scheduling your meeting. Escape. Learn more button. Security waiting room checkbox checked. W. Next is the checkbox for enabling or disabling the security waiting room. It's checked by default. I'll go ahead and uncheck it since I don't want to use this feature in my meeting. Space. Not checked. Video host colon off radio button checked. Oh. Next is the video host radio button, which is set to off by default. I want to use video in this meeting, so I'll press down arrow to turn it on. Video host colon on radio button checked. Oh. Video participants colon off radio button checked. Oh. Now we have the option of allowing participants to use video. This is also off by default and is also a radio button. I'll press down arrow to turn it on. Video participants colon on radio button checked. Oh. Calendar Outlook Radio button checked. The calendar option allows you to choose which calendar is used. By default on my computer, the Outlook Radio button is checked. But I'll go ahead and press down arrow to navigate through the other options. Calendar Google Calendar Radio button checked. G. Calendar Other Calendars Radio button checked. O. Calendar Outlook Radio button checked. O. And I'll leave it on Outlook. I could also use Google Calendar or other calendars if there were any on my computer as well. Note that these options may differ on your computer depending on which calendar applications you use. When using a calendar for the first time, you may be required to enable Zoom in that calendar. Follow the prompts to complete this task. Advanced Meeting Options Collapse Button A. Next is the Advanced Meeting Options menu, which is collapsed by default. I'll press Enter to expand it. Enter Enable Join Before Host Checkbox Checked E. As you heard, the first option is Enable Join Before Host. This allows participants to join the meeting before the host arrives. I'll tab to the next option. Mute participants upon entry checkbox not checked M. Mute participants upon entry allows you to mute all participants when they enter the meeting room. Automatically record meeting on the local computer checkbox not checked A. Automatically record meeting on the local computer. This option allows you to record the meeting on your computer by default, rather than in the cloud. Save button S. Now we have the save button. We can press the space bar to go ahead and schedule this meeting. Or, if you decide you don't want to schedule it, press tab to navigate to the cancel button and press the space bar to dismiss this task. I'll go ahead and press space to schedule this meeting. Space zoom dash schedule meeting. Once the meeting is scheduled, press the tab key to navigate through the Zoom controls. Training meeting key. Here we have the topic of the meeting. 1 p.m. 1.30 p.m. 1. The time. Meeting ID colon 830-9489-1768-M. The meeting ID. Start button S. And a button to start the meeting, which we'll come back to here in just a second. Copy meeting invitation information button C. We can copy the meeting invitation information, which includes a direct link to the meeting, which you can paste in an email or other location. Edit meeting button E. You can edit the meeting. Delete meeting button D. Delete the meeting. Show meeting invitation button S. And show the meeting invitation information. 
Meetings tab check selected. M. Now we're back to the meetings tab. So I'll tab to the start button and press space to start the meeting. Start button S. Space. Leaving menus. Zoom meeting. Finally, I want to show you how to invite others to a meeting once you've started it. Now that we've started the meeting, we can invite additional participants by tabbing to the Invite Others button and pressing the spacebar, or by pressing Alt-I. I'll use the keystroke. Alt-I, Zoom meeting, menu, invite people to join meeting 830-9489-1768. To move through items, press up or down arrow. You can tab through these choices and follow the prompts. I'll press Escape to close the Invite Others dialog and return to the Zoom meeting window. Escape, leaving menu, Zoom meeting. All right, we are going to stop that tutorial right there for now. I'm going to stop sharing my screen. Full speech. Meeting controls. Meeting controls. <clears throat> All right, so just to review that really quick and recap it, we were looking at the Zoom desktop app, and we went on and Liz also demoed the Outlook plugin for the Zoom application. So if you are someone who's regularly hosting meetings, I do recommend you download the application to your Windows 10 or Windows 11 computer, just because not that it's the end all be all, you can't do everything from there, but there are quite a few things that you can do from there that I find slightly easier to do there than on the web. You can also log into the Zoom website and do many things from there. And just a quick note, if you are a person who hosts webinars as a part of your job, webinars are different slightly than meetings. There's just a few different settings involved. And if you have a professional or a paid account through Zoom, there's a separate add-on if you would like to host webinars. So there's like a webinars plug-in or add-on or something that you that you pay extra for to host webinars. And it gives you some additional abilities. Um, it locks down the meeting to a bit of a further extent. I know, for example, when you're a participant in a meeting, you can see all the other participants, whereas in a webinar, the host has more controls and participants are unable to um, see one another or see the total count of participants. So I know those are a few of the differences. If you're um, here listening and you have any additional knowledge, I'd be happy to hear it. But before we do that, before we move on to raising hands, I had a couple other things I wanted to share with you just to make sure we, re we review this entire process of being a host. Now, maybe perhaps you don't schedule the meetings. You just end up with a link in your email and you are going to host a meeting for work. And so what are some things you should do to get ready? You have your link in the email. You need to make sure you have that email marked. Make sure you have it flagged and you know where it is so that the day that you're going to be hosting, you are ready to go. I, sometimes people include it in a calendar invite. Sometimes they don't. Don't assume it's going to be there. And don't assume that, you know, all your meetings are in one platform. I always double check because sure enough that I assume someone sends me a meeting invitation for Google Hangouts. But that's never neither here nor there. So um, back to Zoom. You've got your link, you've got your webinar, I mean, you've got your email marked and you're ready to go. So 
you know that your Zoom is up to date, your computer's up to date, you're not going to have any of those issues, your phone is on Do Not Disturb, and you activate your link and you become the host of a new meeting in Zoom. And then what you're doing is one of two things. Either you're waiting on participants. Well, one of a few things, actually. You're either waiting on participants or you, the first thing I always do is I go and disable the waiting room. And there are a lot of ways to do this. Probably the best way, if you never want to deal with the waiting room, is to go into the Zoom online web portal and disable that. Now, I don't know if it'll let you disable both passwords and waiting room because I seem to remember something about one of their security updates made it mandatory that you had one that you have one or the other. That's so, correct. That's correct. That's correct. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. So that's what I thought. But nevertheless, when you schedule a meeting just like Liz demoed, there's a checkbox that you can uncheck so you don't have to deal with that waiting room if you don't want to. And you also don't have to deal with the password um, because that won't be turned on either. So there is a way to turn them both off. I usually choose to, um, I schedule my meetings through the Outlook webinar, the Outlook Zoom plugin, which is really handy to use. Liz just demoed. And that's typically how I do it. I haven't gone in and changed the settings. So I have a waiting room to deal with. And so when I first click that link and I load Zoom and I'm there and I'm the only one there, I usually, if it's a meeting of all of my colleagues and I feel as though I know who's attending, I tab to the security button. Okay. So I'm going in order of how I experience this Zoom process rather than just doing these in major topics. So. Um, What I would like to take note of here is what I mentioned earlier, which is principles of navigation in Zoom. Primarily, the way you want to think about navigating Zoom with JAWS is that you're tabbing between major controls. So like you may be tabbing to the participants window or you can use the shortcut key, Alt-U to open and close it. You could tab to the the chat control, or you could Alt-H to open and close it. So these are kind of the ways the controls work. You can tab to them, but if you choose to, for example, tab to the security button, you can press space or enter to open it, and then stop tabbing. Now, I have a nervous tick with my left pinky finger where I am just a constant tabber for some reason. I try not to, and especially when I'm demoing. But you want to make sure that once that control is open, you're using your arrow keys. So tab between major controls and arrow between. And this is when you're hosting and you're in the Zoom interface. This doesn't apply to when you're in the participants window or inside other containers in the Zoom interface. I'm just talking about the major interface. Like you're tabbing around and you'll hear JAWS say like whiteboard button, breakout rooms button, security button things like this. And this is difficult to demo because I have to actually make a recording of myself tabbing through it while I'm in a meeting that is not this one. And so that's why ultimately I chose to play the tutorial as a a quick recap of some of the basic principles um, and the interface and then review this verbally. So you want to tab between these major controls. 
So what I do is I clicked on the link. I've opened my meeting. I tab to the security button. I space or enter to open it. And then I down arrow. And I have to be pretty conscious of not tabbing here. And the first checkbox says enable waiting room. And it's a checkbox. And if I uncheck it, everyone's able to join. And then I do a couple other things. Usually I continue to down arrow there. And there is a couple additional controls. You'll hear JAWS say, allow participants to. And then you continue to arrow down. And you'll hear things like screen sharing, change their name, access chat, which I think I accidentally turned off today during our webinar. But um, you can make those changes. And you do not have to save them. You can escape or you can just tab out of that control. So like I said, you're going to tab to the major controls. Once you activate them, you arrow, arrow around, and then you can tab out of them or escape. And that is usually what I'm doing when I'm entering a meeting, but there's a few other things you could do. You might be inviting people like Liz Demo. You might have to immediately jump into the participants window and promote someone, which is not the funnest. And the participants window is activated with Alt-U, like I mentioned, or you can tab to it. And once you're in there, it does tend to refresh as you're utilizing it because there's people joining the meeting. There might be people leaving the meeting. There might be people coming to the waiting room. And so that dialogue is alive and changing in a way. And as you're moving around, it can cause navigation to be interesting, definitely. And also keep in mind that the platforms are constantly updated. We were talking before this tutorial began about some of the updates that have been added to Zoom when you're in the participants window. And those are that the waiting room, I used to be able to access and admit all button as a host. And this would allow me to bring everyone from the waiting room into my meeting. And this can be useful if you need to use the waiting room. I guess an important note would be to quickly explain what that is, but you've probably all been there a time or two when you click on a link to join a meeting and you're immediately put into a room where you get a message that says waiting on host or, you know, you'll be let in in a moment or something like that. And that is the waiting room. It allows you to put up that security wall between your meeting and people trying to join so you can admit them. But if you know them all, previously, I was able to tap to the admit all button. Now, when I was arrowing through the participants most recently, I would hear JAWS speak the words, press space to admit. And that is how I was able to bring people into the meeting by arrowing to their name and pressing the space bar. So um, more to come on that in the future. Like I said, they're always updating. They're always trying to improve their platforms. And we are always uh, working hard to stay up to date to keep up with that. So that is a little bit about how I get started in a meeting, about how you manage participants. There's a couple other things I definitely want to share. If you're managing raised hands, they come to the top of the list. So this is handy. As you're tabbing through the participants dialog box, you may have a long list of participants you're managing, and once someone has raised their hand, they're at the top of the list. And you'll even hear 
a tiny little noise. Now, caveat that I'm not sure if that is because I'm using Brian Harchin's professional scripts. Do you hear that with Jaws where it makes a little plinking noise when someone has their hand up? Yeah, but I think that's because I'm using Brian's scripts. Oh. I believe. Okay. I, I don't remember. It's been so long. Right. But regardless, they float to the top. Yep, so if they someone do. has their hand yeah. up, they're right at the top. Mm-hmm. And so you should be able to review those hands right at the top with your arrow keys. And then um, once you're focused on a person and you know you would like to unmute them, there is a button that will toggle between mute and ask to unmute. So you'll navigate there. You'll press enter or space on ask to unmute. And then if they successfully unmute, JAWS will say mute because presumably they're unmuted and able to speak now. So you could immediately mute them back and that would be not nice. But that is how you can address someone. And then you also have the option to lower their hand or lower all hands. So those are some of the options that you may encounter in that participant's window as you're managing during a meeting. I'm going to take a quick drink of water. Um, if you all have any questions, I do have some more things to add, but if you have any questions or about anything we, we've covered so far. Yeah. We have we? three hands, yes. Awesome, let's address those. Mary, awesome uh, Carla Hayes, you may unmute. Okay, can you hear me? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, maybe you didn't get to this yet, but I do a lot of classes on Zoom for my homeschoolers and for school. And um, what um, sometimes I don't understand is um, the uh, a couple of things. First of all, the the GMT when it says general time, it it has it's it doesn't seem to have anything to do with the time zone I'm in. It'll say five o'clock, or it'll say some weird time that it's not. And then the other thing is that when I go to um, I I don't I was always doing this a little different. I went to the home tab first to schedule the meeting and then down to the meetings tab to um excuse my voice i've got i'm getting over COVID. in the meeting tab to, um, to send the invitation you know to copy the invitation is is this is this different and then the third question i have sometimes i have to schedule more than one class one after another and um, sometimes the one will save and the other won't, or when I go to paste it into the email, the one, the wrong one gets pasted in. I just have so many questions and I do apologize for this. No, that's totally fine. So let's go back and do those one by one. What was your first, what was your first question? The weird messages I'm getting with the time zones. Okay. Is that when you're scheduling and you're arrowing through the yes. time zone combo box? Yes. Okay. That is the way that they write out the categories of time zones. It's just, it's weird, I know. But basically, the Greenwich Mean Time is the clock in London. Someone, please, I'm, I could be mostly wrong about this. It's the but same as same one. universal time. Right. Yeah. Hey, right. Ron. Okay, so it's a time standard that's set. Everybody uses GMT or coordinated universal time. So you've got a standard all over the world. And then you'll notice in your time uh, dialogue it says plus or minus gmt like us on the east coast right now we're four hours behind gmt it just gives us all a standard to work from it's also in right. every single file name when you download a file you'll see gmt and then the date so it's just a standard of time and mm-hmm. when you 
approach that combo box, they're like broken into categories depending on what time zone you're in. So I feel you that it makes very little sense. But, um, you know, you just listen for those keywords, whether you're in Eastern or Central and go from there. So you just ignore the numbers because the math does not work because I do know how to compute the Greenwich time and all that. Yeah, no, don't don't listen to those numbers because I found with Zoom, no. In fact, I'm just more concerned that it accepts the time zone that I put in there. And right. that it keeps it. And so I just ignore the numbers. And, and the math works. Just remember if you're in daylight, like we're in daylight savings time right now. Yes. We're one hour less. So normally the East Coast is, is Greenwich time or CUT time minus five. Since it's the summertime, all of us here on the East Coast are GMT minus four. Oh, so these are minuses. Okay. Well, on, on our side of the world, they are. Okay. Yes. If you head east and east and east and you and you pass the prime meridian there, then they become plus. Pluses, but they're, they're like, minuses for okay. For I didn't, us. Okay, maybe now. Mm-hmm. So where are you located? I'm in um, you know, the eastern time. Okay, so. so yeah, we are right now because it's daylight savings time. We are in GMT minus four. If okay. you're in California, for example, Pacific time, it's GMT minus seven because it's three more hours to the west. Once okay. we go into standard time, like Eastern Standard Time, will be GMT minus five. All of our friends on the Pacific time zone, for example, again, will be GMT minus eight. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Now that makes sense. Okay. Let's do our second question. What was that one? That was um, that I was always taught to um, do the home tab, to go through the home tab, to schedule the meeting, and then down to meetings tab to um, send the meeting invitation, you know, to send a copy of the meeting invitation and it doesn't sound like this tutorial did that yeah it i mean there's lots of ways to skin a cat i mean there's just a lot of way i hate that phrase but yeah there's a there's a lot of ways to go about it and i really feel like it's easiest to get that outlook plugin how do you get it like i did a google search to download it when i had a new computer i remember it was a bit of a, a wrangling to get it installed if are you using outlook Yes. Okay. Because that makes it, you do alt H and then down arrow and there's a zoom button. Once you're in the location field, you just do alt H down arrow. And then I arrow to zoom, press enter, and it pops a new link in there and I'm able to do it. But the way that Liz demoed it, um, you can create a meeting from several places on the desktop application. You go to the home tab. That's fine. And there's also several places to copy the meeting invitation. So I don't think you're doing anything wrong at all. Oh, okay. Okay. Yep. And then okay. what was your last the, one? The other, other question, in fact, I suggested another one. Uh, the other question that I had is when I had doing multiple classes, and sometimes it'll put the wrong one because I'll tell it to copy the invitation, and then it's in the clipboard. And when I go to paste it into the email, the wrong one goes in, although it read me the right one. And that's just really weird. That is weird. Um, so I guess maybe it's better to just do one at a time and send the email that pertains to that one. That's what I do usually because it's just too frustrating. But I, I think I'm doing something wrong. Yeah, you should try out that Outlook plugin. I can't tell you how. Because uh, then you don't have the invitations there and you just put the e-people in the to field and they all get the invitation. So um I have. And are we going to go through the recurring meeting thing? Because I tried that and it doesn't give you the all, all the information. But sometimes I think it's more secure to send a new one out every week. But I don't know. 
Yeah, it kind of depends on, you know, who all has access to it and stuff. It could be definitely more secure time to time to do it that way. Um, do you mean the recurring meeting? Like if I have Zoom? a class every my German. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In day. Zoom or in Outlook? In, in, you know, in the Zoom meeting. But when I do that, it doesn't give me any of the information. So, I, you know, there's nothing to paste or there's nothing to do. And sometimes I think you get more bombers then because it's out there all the time where if I'm changing it, but it's a lot more work to send a new one every week to the students on the roster. You know what I mean? Yeah. Is the link posted publicly somewhere? No, the link goes to the students in the email. I see. I see. So. And then I see I BCC all the addresses. If I if I send out a mass email to a client, I BCC all mm -hmm. their addresses. So they don't see each other's. And I, I write my address as the primary address in case I have to send it to somebody new or somebody loses it. And I, I is this the most secure way to do it to protect them from Zoom bombers and things? Do you use I will answer your question. I'm sorry. I don't mean to answer a question with a question. Do you use the waiting room and the and no. or the password? No, I do not use the waiting room because it's just too hard to admit people. But mm -hmm. I give them a password that, you know, I make them I make it generate a password and that password is embedded in the email message. That only that is have. that is pretty much I mean, there are only so many things you can do to stop Zoom bombers, but you the fact that you're not posting the link on a blog or you know putting it out there publicly is pretty much and then you're also using the password generation so they would have to intentionally get that link from someone else um or you know use their hacking smarts but that is a pretty secure methodology i think you're good there thank you i think you're doing great actually it seems like you knew all the answers already it's sean thiel hi sean Hi, uh, a couple of things. First of all, when you're on that meetings tab and you hear the name of your meeting, you're in a vertical list. Mm -hmm. And so to make sure you copy the right meeting, what you want to do is up or down arrow to whichever class it is, press enter. That is what tells Zoom which meeting you're copying the invitation for. Right. Um, so, so that should make uh, Carla's situation a little bit easier. Um, the second comment I want to make um, is, and it sounds like such a dumb thing, but I had been hosting Zoom meetings for a couple of years before I figured this out. Um, you will have much better luck with Zoom and the meeting itself if you remember to maximize both Zoom's window or the, the meeting window with Alt Space X and the participants window if you have it popped out in front of the um you don't if you don't have it merged with the meeting it's easier to have it um pop out as a separate window but you if you maximize both of those your list is a lot less jumpy if you do it that way mm -hmm. and it feels like when i'm in that list and i'm trying to you know rename phone numbers or whatever um it it seems to behave a bit a bit better um, and yes, you're correct. You can have the waiting room, the passcode, or both. What what would I do for, or what we do for chapter meetings is we have the personal meeting ID that everybody knows that's consistent, and then we have to use the waiting room because we don't want people to have to try and do a username and a password. But that's a specific case for a, a meeting that happens every month, and we we want that to stay the same. 
Um, that's the other thing with the recurring meeting too, is the reason when you check that box in Zoom, the reason you don't see um, any scheduling controls after that is because um, that deter- the recurring box determines how long that meeting ID lasts. If you check that box, your meeting, that same ID will be good for about a year and you can just keep using that each time. But there's no controls to schedule a meeting because if it's a recurring meeting, you could schedule it at any time. You could start it at any time you want it. Um, so that's the that's the way that works. So hopefully I've hopefully that's been helpful. Yeah, that's extremely helpful. Carla, did you have anything else? I don't know if you're still unmuted if you need to comment on any of that, because that seemed really helpful. <laughs> she's uh she's muted. Oh, okay, okay. Well, I suppose she can put her hand up if she wants to talk. Yeah. Um, Melissa Hudson. Hi, Melissa. Good afternoon. Um, Rachel, right? Yep. Hi, nice to meet you. You too. You're doing a fantastic job. That that was an excellent demonstration. So I have just a couple of very quick questions. So I just got a new computer um, last weekend. Thanks to my mom. She ordered it for me. Um, Because I needed a new one, and I've got Windows 11 on it. And I just got it hooked up yesterday by an AT specialist here in Washington. Um, And he's coming back again to do some some updating on it. But I did get Zoom uh, installed on there, and I have my own personal account. So when I'm scheduling a meeting, like I've got a community call that I want to do, hopefully at the end of this month. So right now, when when it says Melissa Hudson's personal meeting room, but is there a way that I can change it to the title of the event um, when I go to schedule the meeting? Because I don't yes. think you covered that. Yes, you will definitely be able to. I mean, the meeting room will still be called your personal meeting room if someone looks at the meeting information. There is probably a way to change that as well. Um, since I use a company account, I can't speak to that as much. But I know you can change when you send out the meeting invitation, it won't be like, this is an invitation to Melissa's personal meeting room. It'll be like whatever you type in there, like a community event on, you know, using. Is, it, but is there like an edit field, I guess? Yes. Or something yes. Like? yes. Oh, okay. That's so great. When you fill it out, there will be an edit field. Oh, awesome. Okay. And then the, real quick. Um, so this morning I, <laughs> I went into a coffee social um, and part of my email address has the word sweet in it. And that's what came up as my name instead of Melissa Hudson. So how can I get that changed? Oh my goodness. Cause it's a brand new computer and it's frustrating. <laughs> yeah. Let me think. Um, so as a participant, did you register for that coffee social or when you joined? No, it, this, this was an ACB community call. Right. So okay. I, I so just you clicked just on the link. link and you clicked on the link. Yeah. You had an email. Okay. Um, the way that you can do that is, I'm not sure if you have permissions to change your name or not. It depends on the meeting. You probably do. But when you do we all, do, yes. yeah, you do all you, you. you can tab and you'll find the list of participants. And once you do, you switch from tabbing to up and down arrow, find yourself in the list. And once you're focused on yourself, you can press enter to put Zoom's focus there and then tab to It'll say more options for X, Y, Z, whatever your name is, and then press enter there. You'll have a drop down and you can choose the rename option. And when it opens, like for mine, because my name when I come into a meeting is Freedom Scientific because I use the account. 
And so if I Sorry. change it to Rachel Buchanan, it'll open and it'll say F edit. And then I know it's like at the beginning of that Freedom Scientific and I can type and then you tab once and there's a change button. So you'll have to change it from within that participants window. Correct. Um, yeah, but I just, I, I don't know, since it's my own account, I don't know if I had to like go into the Zoom website to do that or, because mm -hmm. like I said, it's a brand new computer, so. Okay, so it's a brand new Zoom account? I mean, you may have to no. go into, oh no, it's not. It's no, just, it's, it's my own personal account. It's just a brand new computer with Windows 11, because okay. I had 10 before. All right, so what I was talking about is the way you show up in the participants list in a meeting, which is different right. than like your actual Zoom account. Sometimes that happens, Melissa, when you're, if you're on the webpage and you have more than one account at your disposal and you sign in with a different account name uh, and then you click on the link to send you into a Zoom thing, it sometimes will show that name. So make sure that if you're on the website that it is your username and your password that you sign in with and, and then you should be okay. I have signed in as other Very people good. that I'd forgotten I was a part of in terms of accounts. <laughs> yep, it happens. It ha and you yeah. forget. So just make sure that oh, the I, username I and password. Everyone out of Eric's beta <laughs> Yeah, that's going to start a training. That's quite the, the phone well, Thank you, Larry. Like, oh. You're welcome. Well, thank yeah. you, Larry and uh, Rachel and um, and uh, I hope that uh, those that have COVID, I hope you all get better. Thank you very thank much. You. We all are. All right. Yep, cool. We all are. So, um, do we have any other hands right we now? We have two more. All right. Cool. Let's take some more questions. Jane Corona. Hi, Jane. There we go. Okay. Um, I'm computers. There we go. That's better. Um, don't need my computer talking yeah, there to me. You are. Um, a comment and a question. Um, when I set up a meeting and I copy the invitation and I plunk it into an Outlook message, plunk is a, is a scientific word here, <laughs> plunk it into a sign, a, a, a uh, email message, um, then I can, I can change it to, you know, Treasurer American Council of the Blind of Maryland is inviting you. Well, if it's if it's just a book club, I change it to Jane Corona. And if it's a recurring meeting, I can change the time to, you know, from this is a recurring meeting, meet anytime, to exactly what time I want the meeting to be. So that helps. You can change any of that. But that brings up a question. Um, somebody, I think it was Sean, who mentioned that recurring meetings only are good for a year. I went crazy about six months ago when I learned how to do recurring meetings. I set up about six of them. So all of my organizations have their own recurring meeting that I can just use whenever they're going to have a meeting. So what happens when they go away? I mean, I got six more months and then they're going to go away. And then I have to redo their recurring meetings. I'm hoping Sean's going to speak up because I'm not <laughs> sure. I honestly don't know. I didn't um, know that they do that. You know, I thought that they would just be there forever. Yeah, I wasn't sure if he out. said that they would or if he was primarily just saying he for said, security. He said they go away after a year. I guess I'll find out in about six months or so, yeah. but I was really surprised. I didn't know that. Um, yeah, I don't. I'm not sure about that. That is interesting. I mean, and, I know that sometimes you, you, you can set a date for it to end. Oh, I didn't. Uh-oh. But that's I in, like, Outlook, not in Zoom. 
Yeah, see, I do them in Zoom, and and I can up and down arrow through all of my mm-hmm. six or seven or eight recurring meetings. Yeah, clearly, and clearly, Sean is. Uh, I've given him permission to talk. Oh, good, awesome. <laughs> my understanding, and this is from reading Zooms. Uh, help stuff and they could have changed this but what i re- i i misspoke um i believe if the meeting is not used in a year so if you don't you know if you don't use a meeting within 365 days then i believe that meeting expires but it might be a good idea to do recurring meeting uh zoom and just see if you can find their help article on it zoom has a lot of of help articles, but they, they're difficult to find. So a lot of times it's easier to um, Google for the topic you're t- talking about, and then you can do site colon zoom.us. And that way you'll, your results will be limited to their help. So I think it's, if it's not used in that, in that amount of time, um, okay. but they could, they could have changed it. <laughs> they they well, changed Zoom is very fickle. They could have they could have changed that and decided that they last forever. I don't know. I just remember a couple of years ago it said that if you did not use a meeting uh, in that in in 365 days, the the ID would expire. But that could have changed. Well, that's fine if that happens. I mean, if yeah, I that's a lot better than than them just going away. I think it's yeah. whether or not they're actively in use. Okay. is my oh. understanding but you might do a google and take a quick look okay thank you so much all right do we have one more hand uh penny moss hi penny how are you hey how are y'all doing good um i wanted to speak to the renaming feature can you, y'all hear yeah, me okay for it. yep we can um because i i help with the bits chat you can melissa rename yourself in the zoom meeting but it will only last for that meeting that is accurate if you want to change it forever and ever like if i wanted to say penny moss every time it comes in you have to go into your personal account on the website at zoom.us and you have to go into your profile and you have to fix it there or it will come up with that default name so you'll have to go in there to um to fix it uh otherwise it will it will change back um and the other thing i found is when i had to rename somebody in a um when i was a host i would have to use the space bar on their name or use the search feature because sometimes zoom would move and you'd lose their name and renamed the wrong person and i had that right. happen or you can press mm-hmm. enter on their name to kind of like select it or uh-huh so yeah. press enter okay so um but i wanted to mention one thing i have noticed with these webinars and i don't know if there's something jaws can do to fix this but when you unmute it doesn't tell you that you're unmuted um i have a braille display and I arrow with it, and I can look and see, you know, that it tells me I'm unmuted. But it doesn't say that to, to yourself, so you don't always know if you've unmuted or not when you're in a w- webinar. And the same thing is true for raising your hand. It doesn't uh-huh. say uh-huh. that your hand is raised. Now, I can, you know, now somebody probably just lowered my hand, 
because right now it says raise hand but you know if i didn't have a display i wouldn't and and maybe there's a command that can get you to check that out but i was wondering about that and i also was wondering how to set up if you want zoom to ring uh have a ringtone every time somebody enters a meeting how do you do that and that's that's my questions all right so there is a checkbox when you're starting a meeting that says like play tone when people leave or exit the meeting i can understand the thought of it being good i definitely thought i would want that when i started but play with it it can be annoying when it's yes. ding-donging all the time but it is a checkbox and then what else did you mention about the, the uh, mute and unmute mute and it unmute. doesn't yeah the it doesn't. doesn't that is a good suggestion because i actually struggle with that as well i'm always like tabbing and shift tabbing to make sure it's see mine announces it well i can see I it on a, my braille display but I well on your braille display yes no 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 no. it also announces it verbally oh um, i don't know I have why. a headset with a button that i can hit and it'll say muted unmuted but if you if you go to where the the mute unmute you know control is Instead of pressing Control A, mm-hmm. it, where, where your display, like right now, your display will say, like mine says, mute, currently unmuted. If well, I mine does too, but okay, I have hang to on, tab. Hang on, oh, hang, oh, okay. hang, hang on, I'm almost there. Okay, if, okay. If I'm if I'm on that particular control and I press spacebar, mm-hmm. it'll say unmute, currently muted. So you'll hear the state change. I can't demo it because, of course, then I right. myself. But yeah, it, park yourself on that control, and then try it. How do yeah. I get to that control? What if I didn't have a Braille display? How would I get to that control? You just want to Alt-Tab, and JAWS will say Zoom Meeting when it's focused on that window. Right, and then uh-huh. Tab to you hear it say Mute, Currently Unmuted, or Unmute, okay. Currently Muted. Okay, okay. You have to right. tab your way Tab once past your okay. name. Thank it's you. It's usually there. All right, so I wanted to tell, talk for just a minute about sharing. I don't know if we have any other hands. We have about no. seven minutes. Okay, we good. don't have any more hands. Okay, good. Because I know that some people are interested in talking about sharing your screen. And this is a bit of a strange one, too, because it's hard to demo. I do have a, a demo of it, but um, I'm going to talk I'm going to talk through it a little bit again as you are. It's important if you're hosting that you always have a lot of awareness of and you're especially if you're doing it with just JAWS. You want to make sure you or, or Braille and JAWS, but you want to make sure that the Zoom meeting window is in focus. And you know where that is. And if you lose focus, it's going to feel like you're in no man's land. So um, you definitely want to make sure focus is on the Zoom meeting window when you're interacting with it. Mm -hmm. And when that's in focus, Alt-S begins the sharing process if you have permission. Alt-S as in Sam. Alt-Windows-S is that command that I definitely wanted to remind everyone of that allows you to toggle notifications off and on. If you don't want to hear JAWS speak every chat message, every time someone else leaves, all of those little um, verbiage messages that give, give you extra information, Alt-Windows-S will toggle that off and on. But Alt-S, as in Sam, will start the sharing process. And if someone else is sharing, you may be prompted with a dialogue that says, you know, so-and-so is sharing, do you want to begin sharing? And you have to say yes or no at that point. And um, that is an important step to remember if you're just going along, because the way that when Liz and I demo, when we're passing it back and forth, we just kind of steal the screen from one another as we go. And so it says, you know, do you want to share with Liz? And keeping in mind of the fact that if it's almost time for you to go back to your hosting job and you're sharing at the same time, 
you need to be unmuted, you know, make sure everything is quiet and then start sharing. Okay, so a dialogue pops up and you're presented with three primary areas in the sharing dialogue. An important one, if you want people to hear anything you're doing is a checkbox that says share audio. And so if you want to share a video, but keep in mind, it means that they will be able to hear your screen reader. And so there's ways to get around that too as well, but we probably don't have time to get into it. Um, I'm going to hurry this up. I only have a couple more in a minute. So you want to check that box if you want to share sound. And then I just usually shit tab on to the share screen button. And that's it. That is, and then you'll, you'll wait just a second and Zoom will load and you'll get a message from JAWS that says, you know, your screen is now being shared and everyone, and they're able to see your screen and hear the audio, but only if you check the box. So if you're talking over a presentation, leave that sound box unchecked. No one can hear your screen reader. That is what I had to share about sharing. Oh, no, I, it's not. I had one more little thing. So once you're sharing, the way that you access the Zoom meeting controls as a host is there's a meeting toolbar. And you may hear Jaws say something along the lines of meeting toolbar dock to bottom or meeting toolbar dock to top. It's, it's not too important. What you need to do is just alt tab to the window you want to use. Like, so if you're on a PowerPoint presentation, you're going to have it open. You're going to have it ready. Alt S, decide whether you do or don't want to share sound, tab to the share, share screen button, and then, you know, Zoom will begin sharing your screen and you need to um, make sure everything is maximized. And at that point, just make sure JAWS focus is in the window that you want to show. So there will be this meeting toolbar floating around, but don't let it intimidate you. The only thing it's good for, I mean, it's good for several things. We could talk about that more, but we don't have time. But when you're done sharing, you alt tab back to the meeting toolbar and alt S to get out of the sharing. So that meeting toolbar has to be in focus for any of your Zoom can commands to work. So if you're muted, say you forget to unmute, you start sharing, you're still muted. So you, you have to remember that you can't automatically alt tab to your demo window or your PowerPoint window and start your presentation. You have to first alt tab to the meeting toolbar and then alt A to unmute and then alt tab to the window you're going to be working with and sharing. So that is all I had to share about sharing. And I've had a really great time with you guys. Thank you so much. Um, it's 2.58, so I don't think I have much more time, but if there's any last Jane, minute things. Jane Corona has her hand raised. Okay. Hey, Jane. Do you can unmute Jane? This needs to be quick. Yeah, this is this is um, is really uh, timely because tonight I'm going to have a presentation. I am the host, but I don't know how to do a lot of these things. But one of my participants is probably going to share his screen to show us a video. So does do I have to make him a co-host first yes. before screen share? Uh, you either have to go and give him indiv individual screen sharing permissions or make him. A co-host. Well, I'll or, just I know how to do that. I'll make him the yeah, co-host, yeah, exactly. and then he does um, Alt S, and then he can share his screen. Yeah, hopefully and make sure the box is checked to share sound. Okay, on his on his computer. Yes, yes. 
Good. I I will. Okay. That's that's what I thought. Okay. That's it. Thank you so right. much. That's cool. timely. Thank you guys. Thanks, Thank Rachel. Uh huh. Thank you. Bye bye.